I am India Ari, and this is my podcast, Songversation, where I choose one of my songs and I riff on that song, simple as that. This is episode 11, Songversation, Break the Shell. Thank you so much for all of your requests and all of your messages and your videos are so cool to watch. And I have so many ideas about what the next Songversations will be about because of you and it's so cool to hear the variety of things people want to hear conversations about that is so freaking cool and i decided to do break the shell today because it is cicely tyson's birthday and with the new year coming i thought i would tell you how i spent new year's day 2007 with cicely tyson and a bunch of other icons and artists a lot to say about this song so welcome to songversation break the shell episode 11 break the shell and yes these episodes are out of order they're going to come up like this 12 11 10 it's just what we do and i'm a maverick what can i say this is songversation break the shell and i'm excited because i have a lot of story to tell um that rhymed <laughs> Oh, uh, you may hear my washing machine in the back because this is a one woman show by design because I needed a one woman show in my life. I have a lot of people around me and employees and managers and advisors and all people that I choose. But having all those people. um, What's the word I'm thinking of? having all those people orbiting me sometimes makes me tired. And the truth is I'm an introvert, meaning a person who recharges by spending time alone. And I'm an empath, meaning a person who takes on the energy of the people and space around them. And I think my introversion and my empathic nature lend to my creative work, to my craft, to my life as an artist. And, but I'm not always able to engage that side of me and do my creative work. And so it's good to be here as this one woman show and the washing machine in the background (laughs) is my pleasure to present to you my real life. No, I thought maybe I was going to wait till the washing machine stopped, but I caught the vibe to do this now, and so I'm doing it now. And a lot to say, so before we even get into this songversation, Break the Shell, I'm smiling already because I have so much that I want to say. Before we even get into this songversation, Break the Shell, let's listen to the song. Find the gold Child. 
That is Break the Shell from my 2013 release, Songversation. I have eight albums. <laughs> you know I'm about to do it again. Acoustic Soul, Voyage to India, Testimony Volume 1, Life and Relationship, Testimony Volume 2, Love and Politics, Songversation, India Ari and Joe Sample, Christmas with Friends, Songversation Medicine, and in February, February 15th, I'm just about to release my eighth album, Worthy. 
And this is Break the Shell from my fifth album, my 2013 release, Songversation. I'm smiling so hard right now because I really enjoyed listening to that. I don't know if I've ever said this on a podcast, but I don't listen to my music. I guess I did. I talked about it in Songversation, I Am Light. I Am Light is the only song of mine that I listen to, and I play it on a regular basis. Um, But when I listen to that song, I don't feel like I'm listening to me. I feel like I'm listening to a song that's special to me. The rest of my songs, I feel like I'm listening to me, and I don't want to listen to me because it's weird. Um, It feels weird. I don't have a better word than that. I could find it, but I don't want to. Um, Because that's not the point. The point is that I really just enjoyed that listen. And I enjoyed the lightheartedness. I enjoyed that lightheartedness. So just to get a couple of songwritery things out of the way, as you know, last episode 10, if you're listening, last episode 10 was Songversation, Life I Know. And I told you I wrote that song with one of my songwriting heroes, David Ryan Harris. I wrote this one with David Ryan Harris as well. I don't need to go into reminding you who he is, but I'm going to put his picture on the Instagram page again because if you love vocals and you love songwriting, he's somebody that you want to know. And also on the bridge of this song, you hear David's vocals. So that vocal tone, that special voice you hear in there, that's David Ryan Harris. And also you hear him all over the writing. He He's just so good, and he gave me a lot of ideas. And something <laughs> something that I'm laughing at just to myself is remembering the moment that he gave me the idea of build a wall just shy of six feet tall. I don't know if that was the right key. But he gave me the idea for that line, and I jumped up from the table and ran around the whole living room, around the whole kitchen. <laughs> because it's true. For me, this song, Break the Shell, really is about learning to let love in and let myself out to be seen by love. And so I have a lot more to say. That's just the songwritery stuff. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to get into the real heart of this conversation, Break the Shell, in this next segment. You could say that this song is also inspired by Oprah. You hear my washing machine back there. Sorry about that. This is what we do on the night. And so um, I was invited to Oprah Winfrey Leadership Academy for Girls opening in South Africa. The official day of opening was January 1st, 2007. And before that, there was a week of events leading up to that day. Just all kind of cool stuff. Uh, I could do a whole conversation just on that, but I can't go into all that right now. But while I was there at the opening, there was an opening night and just, you know, some people mingling at a bar. And one of those people was, sorry, let me paint a better picture than that. It wasn't just at a bar. It was at the, was at a lounge space in the hotel we were staying at. And... You know, I I went down the stairs and I saw Nick Ashford sitting on the steps, (laughs) just remembering all this. And then I saw Stedman and Stedman was with a guy 
a man named Carl who was as tall as he is. Stedman is very tall. Carl was very tall as well. And they both started talking to me about my father. And that was when I learned that Stedman knew my father and remembered seeing me on the side of the basketball court when I was like seven, six, seven, maybe eight. It was a gym in Denver called 20th Street Gym. And my father, after he had retired, would go there and play with like the real the real players who some were retired and some were pro, I think. Stedman, um, I think he played pro in Europe. I'm not sure about that, but that's what I believe to be true. And so Stedman told me that story, and then Carl told me to have my dad call him. You know, so like this is just walking into the party. And then I don't remember exactly how it happened, but I remember standing in a group of people, and Cicely Tyson walked up. And she just started talking to me about watching my journey and my journey with the Grammys and um, how, how I carry myself and how she always wanted to reach out to me. And and so for the rest of that trip, whenever I would see her, I would just talk or try to come up with something to say. I mean, it's Cicely Tyson, and I'm not going to not take the chance to talk to her. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't always really have something to say, but I would try to come up with something to say. <laughs> and... Uh, I'm going to get deeper into this story in this next segment. Lots more to tell. (laughs) Fast forward many days. I can't remember the day. I can't remember what day we got to South Africa, but I remember it being about seven days of events. And then there comes January 1st. And we're having a dinner um, of some sort. What was that? Was Oprah speaking? It was something that was more like subdued, like a lounge type thing. And I think Oprah was speaking. I just don't remember that very well. But I do remember these doors open, these double doors open to this gorgeous dinner space with these tables and the tables are set up beautifully. Oh, that's what it was. That's what it was. That's what it was. We were having dinner at all these multiple tables and there was entertainment on a stage like South entertainment from South Africa. And I remember sitting next to Babyface, and it was that kind of dinner that's planned by a party planner, because it's Oprah, so of course there was a party planner. And every seat was very carefully chosen. And I was sitting between Babyface and someone else, and I can't remember who that was, but I remember it being a very impactful person. It was somebody that I thought about for a long time after that. Oh, oh, okay. It was one of the composers. It was a man named Barry Dvorzan, and he was one of the composers of the song Nadia's Theme. I'm going to put this on the Instagram because when you hear it, you're going to know exactly what it is. But Nadia's Theme is the theme song from the soap opera Young and the Restless. I realize I'm doing it no justice. How do you sing a piano part? But I think anybody who knows that song will know what I'm singing when I sing it. But I'm going to put it on the Instagram page. So I was sitting between Babyface and Barry Dvorzan. And, you know, we had dinner and there was entertainment and there was like some people speaking. Oprah spoke. She did speak. And then these double doors open and there's this beautiful concert space like all this dance floor where people to stand and a stage and um I want to say that like um the centerpieces on our tables um um like erupted in sparklers that's what I remember (laughs) 
the centerpiece on our tables erupted in sparklers and then these double doors opened and Mary J. Blige is on the stage. So you have to know this is Oprah. So there was like a few hundred people, maybe 200 or something like that would be my guess, 150 people. And a lot of them were like celebrities and of all different sorts of actors and singers and stuff. And this was Mary J. Blige's breakthrough year when she had um, the song Be Without You. And so she was... Oprah's girl, like they sat together at every table during the events and stuff. And so the doors open and Mary J. Blige is on the stage and she's singing, um, let's get it, dum, 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 bum, 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 bum. that's what I think she was singing. And so we all walk in there and watch Mary sing. And then the stage becomes a stage for everyone. So I re- I don't know if this is true, but I remember Valerie Simpson going up next and she played piano, and she sang, I think she sang Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Maybe that's just what I remember, but that's what I choose to remember. But I know she sang, and Babyface sang, and that was dope. And some at some point during this process, I hear some people going, India, India, and I'm like, I'm not going up there. Like, let me, but let's be real here. I wanted to go, but I didn't want to go. Like, if somebody had made a plan okay Oprah wants you to sing while you're here then yes but like in that moment just spontaneously I didn't want to go I've guessed this is gonna be my second time saying this on this podcast I'm really sensitive (laughs) I I, I'm really sensitive and I feel things deeply and so when I'm nervous it's like um it's a lot it's intense and so I didn't want to go and I was just you know I was like no you know God y'all know no I'm not gonna do this like no and I'm thinking I'm shutting it down, and it gets loud. India, India, this is real. I can't even believe I'm telling this story. And Susan Taylor, who was the editor in chief of Essence for a long time, for decades, I want to say a couple decades. If you don't know who she is, look her up again. I'm going to try to put her picture on the Instagram page as well. She's a very recognizable face. And Susan Taylor, she's six feet tall. She's freaking gorgeous. And that six feet tall part of her makes her, in my opinion, like a leader. And she took my hand (laughs) and said, you are going up there. And she drug me to the, literally pulled me to the side of the stage and pushed me out, literally pushed me out onto the stage. And so there was a, a house band up there and I asked for the guitar player's guitar. And... It's funny because now remembering this, I remember seeing Kimberly Elise, the actor Kimberly Elise, standing in the front. And we had spent a lot of time together during this trip, like talking about things and talking about men and dating and her children and life and stuff. And so I remember seeing her in the front and I felt like part of me was singing to her. And so I don't remember exactly, but I feel like I started singing the truth. And then I sang something else I don't remember. And then I sang Brown Skin. And the audience really was responding to Brown Skin and all that. And, oh gosh, there's a whole story about walking back from the stage back to where my mom was. I don't know if I'm going to tell that whole story here. Um, but my favorite part of this story is this, because Tina Turner was also there. You know, Tina Turner was, is one of Oprah's heroes and friends. And Tina Turner was there and I had spoken with her earlier in the night and I just was like, you know, I had been there for about 
this was this was January 1st when I finally spoke to her. So I'd been around her many days and I saw her and I said hi, but I didn't really speak to her. But this day I was getting comfortable with the idea of Tina Turner being around. So there was this amphitheater thing where there were these dancers and you could sit there for however long you wanted and keep walking on to the dinner. So she was sitting there watching and I sat next to her and I just introduced myself. I said, my name is India Ari. I'm a singer songwriter. I play multiple instruments and I just want to say hi to you and tell you that I admire you and blah, 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 whatever. And she said, well, you know, nice to meet you. She was cool. Well, nice to meet you. And then we sat together and watched the dancers and we laughed because the dancers were really like dramatic and cool. They had on these animal heads and body suits. It was really cool. And so fast forward, I sing, I'm on my way back from the stage to my mom and Barry Devorzon is right there by the side of the stage and he just hugs me and said, you are so great. And then everybody's like patting me on the shoulder and it's, it's, really, it's like a movie. They're patting me on the shoulder and they're kind of like pushing me a little bit and oh my God, that was so good. Yeah, yeah, India. Ooh. And I get back to my mom and I say, how was it? And she said, that was so good. I can't tell you. <laughs> right. And then Tina Turner's right there and she said, oh, you are fabulous. You are in the game and you are going to win. <laughs> oh, and I took that to heart because I know Tina Turner is a Sagittarius and anybody who knows me knows I love astrology. And my mother is a Sagittarian as well. And Sagittarians are known for their brutal honesty. They don't say things they don't mean. They say everything they do mean without thinking. So the symbol for Sagittarius is an arrow, and it's like shooting that arrow of truth. You shoot it because it needs, because that's what an arrow was for. And my mother has says this more times in my lifetime than I will ever be able to count. She says, I said it because it needed to be said. And so for Tina Turner to say that to me unsolicited, because I didn't ask her what she thought about what I did, for her to say that to me, I took it to heart. And guess who else is a Sagittarius? Cicely Tyson. So more about that in this next segment. Okay, I had to take a little break because my washing machine got too loud, but I'm back. So Cicely Tyson, I told you I met her at the opening reception. And so this is about seven days later. And I perform and I made it my business to find her wherever she was the whole week anyway. So somehow I ended up standing next to her, of course, after I performed. And I didn't, I didn't ask her what she thought. I, I would never do that because I'm afraid of the answer. So I, don't, I wouldn't ask Tina Turner either. I just was standing there talking with her because that's what I wanted to do with my life during that week. And she said, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about what you just did there. So, of course, I can't wait to talk. And that conversation happened the next day. There was a big reception where we were all together in this big house type thing. Um, maybe it was like a clubhouse, but in my mind it felt like a house, a very big house, like a mansion. But it was like a clubhouse mansion. There you go. I was, I'm going to stand by that. We did a final gathering in a big clubhouse mansion there in South Africa. And I found Cicely Tyson. She was sitting on a couch. She had her niece with her. It was either her niece or her cousin. I think it was her niece. And 
Cicely told my mom and her niece to go do something. I don't remember what she told them to do, but it was like she sent them on a quest. Like, you guys go talk about these these clothes or something. But in, it was like um, it was a covert way to get me alone. But they went. And uh, that's when we had a conversation about my performance the night before. And... I can't tell everything here, but the the sentiment of what she was saying was that she watched me go in and out of several songs to see what people would react to. I'm not sure that that's what I was doing, but that aside, what she then went on to say was about her favorite place to be as an actor and that is to be outside of yourself and giving yourself over to the work and when you do that there is no in and out of songs there's just what you're doing and I told her for me um it takes me a minute it takes me it takes me some time on stage to drop into myself where I'm really um communing with my higher self and communing with God through music and communing with the audience. It takes a minute. And she said something like, you got to figure out how to drop in right away. You know, because communing with God and communing with the music and communing with your audience is the point. So just go up there and do it. It was kind of like that. And while I don't exactly remember those words exactly, you see I'm kind of paraphrasing everything. What I do remember is some point in that conversation, she hit me on the arm pretty hard <laughs> and she slapped my arm and was like, you need to break that shell and let life touch you. And I wouldn't know what she meant for many years. So again, this is 2007 and it wasn't until the fall of 2009 that I really let life touch me. I let my life fall apart. Some of you have seen my Super Soul Session songversation. Not to be confused with Super Soul Sunday, but Super Soul Session. Some of you have seen that. And I talk about that time in 2009 when I just thought, if this is how it's going to be, I quit. But instead of quitting, that willingness to let go brought me a clarity that I didn't want to quit making music, but what I wanted to do was live my life on my own terms, including my career. And so this would happen a couple of years later. And the fall of 2009 is when I finally had a breakdown breakthrough. And so I've started calling that process Break down, break through, break the shell, elevate and fly. Again, I talk about this in my Super Soul session. And if you've seen me live, I've also talked about it in my songversation, Soulbird Rise from 2013. Um, but that process looks like this. Breakdown is overwhelm. Breakthrough is beginning to see that something can change. Break the shell is the act of pushing yourself through and making a change. Elevate is when you start to see 
a difference in your life from the changes you've made and fly is becoming a new you where the, this way of being is natural. And so I didn't make that up. I use those words to detail what I have learned is that process that happens when you're willing to break the shell. What I have learned just through my reading and my research and listening to my favorite speakers and authors and thinkers, it's often said that human beings are hardwired to avoid pain. But I learned that that doesn't serve us. But I learned that by getting to a place of such deep pain and learning that just letting myself be there for an instant helps me to rise from it. And that's what I understand Cicely Tyson meant. Break the shell and let life touch you. Stop trying to avoid pain. Feel what you need to feel and let it shape you into the person that you need to be shaped into. And so this is amazing. I forgot about this, really. I had never told this full story this way. Matter of fact, I'm going to get more into this story in this next segment. So this is New Year's Day 2007 and fast forward to the summer of 2013 and Songversation, the album is released. This song, Break the Shell, is released and I am in, I think it was Miami where Deborah Lee, who used to be the um, CEO of BET, she had a multi-day gathering called Leading Women Defined. And so they had me come and sit on a panel with Cicely Tyson, and I think it was Mara Brock Akil. Mara Brock Akil is the writer and creator of Living Single, um, Girlfriends, what else? Black Lightning. I think her. I think Black Lightning is her husband's show, but still, it's that's their brand. Um, what else? The new show Love Is on OWN. I feel like I'm missing an iconic show that's one of her shows, but that's who she is. And I remember Mara Brock Akil interviewing Cicely Tyson. But before they did their interview, I sang. And I got to tell the story <laughs> about Cicely Tyson telling me that I need to break the shell and let life touch me. And then I got to sing the song Break the Shell. And with her in the room. And at the end of the function, we were all kind of mingling and stuff. And she said to me, I don't know where you've been, but you reached a fork in the road and you took the right path. And I thanked her because she was able to see that I had broken the shell <laughs> and let life touch me. Because in 2009, I just, what I knew was that I couldn't continue that way, but I didn't know what I was going to do. And being willing to let my music go brought it back to me in a way that was much more profound. And so you've heard me talk about the unreleased album I made called Open Door. Well, that was an education in and of itself. So by the time, by the time I was writing the songs on the Songversation album, I not only was more capable of expressing myself in life and in song, 
but also more willing to say more. There was nothing in me that was holding myself back from saying whatever I wanted to say in my songs. And so that crossed over into all the other areas of my life too. There was nothing in me that would keep me from being who I want to be on stage. There was nothing in me that would keep me from being who I wanted to be in my relationships. And just there was nothing in me keeping me from being who I wanted to be. And that's what that break the shell meant for me. It meant stop being afraid of pain and stop being afraid of what people think and stop being afraid of being afraid and stop being you know, afraid of losing and stop being afraid of judgments and just live, be you, and let life touch you. And what I now know is that, gosh, it's funny because what I'm about to say is what I really mean. But also it's in the song because it's what I really mean. What I now know is life's going to hurt, but it's meant to be felt. But you cannot touch the sky from inside yourself. You cannot fly until you break the shell. <laughs> it's so funny to quote my own self. But that was, that's true. That is true for me. And that's what this song is about. That's where this song was born. Cicely Tyson, I would say. <laughs> I would say Cicely Tyson is one of my greatest teachers from afar for my whole life. But in that moment, she truly imparted wisdom to me. And it's not always like that. As a person who's had a chance to meet, I would say, 90% of my living heroes, it's not always like that where they are intentional about imparting wisdom. And it's not always like that that they have wisdom to impart, just to be real. But she did, and it meant so much to me, really did. As you see, it still has an impact on my life to this day. So that's my story. That's my story. <laughs> There's a little bit more I want to say about this song, Break the Shell, and that is that the final line of the song, I say the bird cannot fly until it breaks the shell. And in between the years of 2005 and 2009, when I finally did break the shell for that first time, I took a trip to Israel with the writer Carolyn Mace. She's known as a medical intuitive. You can look her up. I'm not going to go all into what she does here. But I will say her book, Anatomy of the Spirit, inspired my song, Get It Together. Maybe that'll be my next conversation. We'll see. So I went, to this, I went on this trip to Israel with 300 people and Carolyn Mace. And I met a lady there named Kathy. And we kept in touch. And Kathy sent me her book with a card. And the front of the card said, the shell must break before the bird can fly. And that is a quote from Alfred Lord Tennyson. And when I read that, I feel like this was probably, I feel like this was probably 2007. And when I read that, it just very quickly became one of my favorite 
concepts. Because up to that point, I had never heard it said that way. And I was in that process of still being afraid to break the shell. And so that card, those words on that card were so impactful that that's how that ended up being the final line of the song, Break the Shell. The bird cannot fly until it breaks the shell. And also, my favorite quote has that same quality of a self-initiated transformation because the bird breaks the shell from the inside, right? And so there's something about that that really speaks to me. And so my favorite quote, my favorite quote is by Anais Nin, who was uh, a diarist, like an essayist, a novelist. I know her best for her diaries. I think that's what she's known best for. Um, She said, and then the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. I just want to say that again. And then the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. Even to this day, that speaks to me because I am still a person recovering from keeping myself held so tight in a bud. And I also was told from a good friend of mine that the mythology of the phoenix rising from the ashes is that actually that phoenix set fire to its own nest. There's something about that because there's a point that you get to in your life where nobody can do your work for you. Your parents can't take care of your emotional growth and your destiny and how you engage your internal life and your internal dialogue. There's things that you have to do for yourself. And I remember crossing over from being able to be taken care of to having to take responsibility for myself. And that moment when I really crossed over was 2009. It was the fall of 2009 when I broke the shell because the risk to remain tight in the bud was greater than the risk it took to blossom. And that right there, every time I say that, that's so deep to me. Like, it hurts right here, but it's going to hurt worse to stay. So you better move. <laughs> Ooh. And break the shell and let life touch you. Man. So. I think this is a perfect time for a closing affirmation. Ooh. Mm. As I'm sitting here allowing the affirmation to come to me, it wants to be saying. <laughs> Ooh. I say this affirmation for myself and for everyone listening that mm, 
Courage is not being hard. It's time to peel back all of the layers you put between who you're meant to be and who you are. And go be who you are. Ooh, that almost made me cry. <laughs> so much disappointment to finally understand that there is no such thing as perfect. We're all simply doing the best we can, and we have the choice to live or truly feel alive. This is your life. (laughs) Oh. Child, it's time to break the shell. Life's gonna hurt, but it's meant to be felt. You cannot touch the sky from inside yourself. You cannot fly until you break the shell. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Without you, I'd just be talking to myself which I do all the time, but it's much more fun with you. In fact, you make a songversation a songversation, being on the other side. So thank you. I want to remind you that we have a podcast page on Instagram, Songversation Podcast. Go there, leave me some messages, leave me your thoughts, tell me what you like, tell me what you don't like. Let me know what you would like to hear a songversation about or just tell me stuff, anything. I'm open. Um... Also, I want to say I learned something important in this conversation today, and that is my life philosophy. The bird cannot fly until it breaks the shell. The stuff I'm going through in my life right now, I needed to remind myself of that because things are changing and things are always going to change. And I need to let break the shell and let life touch me, right? (laughs) Oh, I love y'all. Thank you. And... May you clearly hear the song in your heart. I like that.